Good evening, everyone. This is Gary A. Swaby. And yeah, we're, we're just going to have a discussion about the DCEU. I'm here with Jake James Lugo. How are you doing, JJ? Hey, Gary. It's time, DC fanboys. That's right. We already get, did our thing with Marvel. Now it's time to go over to the DC Extended Universe and actually talk about what's the problem. Oh, yeah. It's time indeed. And we're also here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How you doing, Rich? Hey, what's up, Gary? What's up, Mr. Lugo? And what's up, all the vis- all the uh, viewers out there? Yep, yep. So, yeah, as I said, we're going to be discussing the DCEU, and we're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, we're going to start about we're going to start with going through some of the the movies and stuff. Um, so, Man of Steel was actually the first official movie in you know the dceu movie universe and stuff um jj what what did you think of the first man man of steel film first superman film in this in this universe which one me or rich jj you oh me okay so uh here's the thing i always felt like man of steel gets a bad rap for a number of different reasons uh it was the first in like the dark interpretations of like live action film for the dc characters for the dc superheroes i.e being the justice league and it had a lot riding on it it was the tentpole title for what we know now is the dc universe and film it's basically their movie universe that's what that film was supposed to do and it was supposed to continue with batman v superman now the original thing from way back when, like even before Man of Steel originally came out, this was like after some of the, uh, what was it, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies that everybody was still riding on the high of the Chris Nolan, like Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises and stuff. Uh, a lot of people really enjoyed those films, deservedly so. And DC and Warner Brothers wanted to continue that trend or at least continue that hotness that was going on at the time. So this is why they decided to skew more to a darker interpretation for characters like Superman, characters like Wonder Woman, etc. The problem is, though, and it's something that everybody said at some point in one way or another, is that you can't do all the DC heroes that you can do like with Batman. Uh, the same stuff that you do with Batman and the way that Nolan had interpreted his own like universe or his own setting for that character is not going to apply in the same way that you could for uh, Superman, for Wonder Woman, for the Green Lantern, for Aquaman, etc. Now with Superman, the the big thing about that and the way that uh, Warner Brothers justified it, uh, and again, you can find various interviews and stuff all over the place that kind of touches on this but doesn't really explicitly say it, was that... The idea or the main philosophy is that how how is the world going to react if these heroes were real? That's basically the main thing. It's not in the same way that the Marvel Cinematic Universe handles stuff where things are a little bit much more lighthearted and things are a little bit much more uh, chill, for lack of a better word. This one is a much more serious, serious, more dour, more kind of like, you know, almost a depressing tone if you really want to look at it. And that comes from it trying to really emulate Batman and like a lot of the stuff that Nolan was doing with his universe. But I, I still maintain the idea that there was some decent stuff that was done in Man of Steel as far as like being the first film in that interpretation for Warner Brothers and the whole DCEU. But it gets a bad rap for one reason or another. Okay. And how did you feel about that film, Rich? Uh, well, I actually didn't really have too many issues with the film itself. Uh, I think that uh, JJ had made some good points about, uh, you know, I take a look at the Batman films, and, and I enjoyed a lot of the, the Batman films. 
with the exception of Rises, I did not like Rises quite as much. But uh, I believe that The Dark Knight, that's a classic. Um, but yeah, going from that to Superman, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess you could say the film had some issues depending on, you know, what your preferences are. But I think that DC made a wise choice in terms of the actor that they chose to portray Superman. Um, and, you know, overall, I thought the story was was okay. Yeah, it is a little bit darker. Um, I do think that perhaps uh, maybe some of their movies are a little bit too dark. And I'm pretty sure we'll get into that as we start to talk about some of the other films. But I didn't really have any real issues with Superman. Um, I just think, you know, the bar was set so high with the, the Batman trilogy um, that maybe a lot of people had expectations. Well, this is also going to be great. Um, and then the people that did make those comparisons maybe were a little bit disappointed. But overall, I, I didn't really have any too many real har harsh criticism criticisms with uh, Man of Steel. I thought it was okay. Cool, yeah. Um, me personally, like I've always kind of um, struggled with Superman films because, like, he's he's not one of my favorite superheroes to be honest. Like, he's probably like on the lower end of my list of favorite superheroes. Um, so I struggle with a lot of Superman movies, like, um, cause he, like, he just seems too OP. I don't like when, you know, um, the main hero's too OP and stuff. Um, but I found Man of Steel to be actually quite satisfying. Like it, you know, I think it handled it very well. Um, he did seem vulnerable in, in the movie. And, you know, I liked that, like JJ said, you know, it was, um, it was more about how, like, the world would react to, you know somebody like that you know uh, like a super human being like that and stuff so i liked that aspect of it i liked that it was slightly darker than you know what we, we've been accustomed to with superman movies and of course with the success of you know the um the dark knight trilogy um you know that it was a good direction to to take um a lot of my issue with man of steel though is what they did afterwards now obviously this is officially it's considered the first film in this universe you know that kind of started the universe but in my honest opinion <clears throat> i feel like they didn't plan that when they made this movie like i feel like the that there was like that wasn't even on the cards at that current time and they were just pretty much making a new superman movie and they wasn't thinking to lead it into anything at all and eventually when the plan did come around to you know build a universe they just thought hey we already got man of steel so let's just include that and build up of that and um i think that didn't work work out well for them because it like you can't just you know you can't just rush something like that you know like with marvel yeah iron man was the first movie and you could kind of say that they were gauging the success of that film and you know to see if they were going to do the avengers and everything else but you know still they they still had that idea they still had they still sort of had that vision because you know they had the after credit scene that was kind of leading into something so they were planning ahead even though they they did concentrate on that you know one movie itself at that time Whereas with Man, and, Man of Steel, like, I don't even think they were thinking that far ahead at all. Like, they were just making that one film, I think. And Believe it yeah. or not, 
believe it or not, I want to I want to tell you because I know on the outside looking in that looks exactly like that, especially with the way that it turned out. But I remember watching and reading about it around the time before the movie came out that they actually did say that that was their goal was to actually build up from a universe starting with that film. And it has to do with them not so much having their own game plan, but looking at what Marvel did and going from there. And a lot of it had to do with a number of different things because prior to that, when Iron Man and a few, I think of some of the other Marvel movies that were coming out around that time frame uh, were really hot after Iron Man and after The Incredible Hulk and people really started to see the momentum build for Marvel Studios or at least you know Marvel Disney at the time, um, it, they 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 really they they found themselves kind of like in a box because one of the big things that it's known fact and I don't think it's even said in like any official interview but it's been like hinted at here and there where Chris Nolan when during his uh, run with Batman he asked a lot of the execs at Warner Bros not to have any other like media that had the character you know utilized like that because he wanted a, a, a lot of the audience to really focus on his interpretation of Batman with those three movies starting with Batman Begins Into the Dark Knight and that was like a big deal because a lot of people were saying and i and myself included we're complaining about uh batman not showing up on smallville or a lot of the other dc characters that we wanted to see uh interact with each other show up in a lot of different other media uh one of the big things also was green lantern that was another one even though that movie didn't really turn out that great and stuff like there was a lot of these pockets of films that were like you know in their own little worlds in their own little places doing their own thing and it wasn't until man of steel where after all that had kind of just passed that they were finally able to move forward with actually building up their movie universe. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, they might have been thinking about it, but I don't know. I just feel like it, you know, it could have been set up a lot better before we got to, you know, uh, the next film. So let's, let's go into that film. So Batman versus Superman. Oh was my God. The, the next film. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure, you know, it's going to be interesting to see all of our thoughts on that. So, Richard, what, what did you think of Batman versus Superman? Well, for the record, let, let me just say that I did not see this movie as soon as it came out. Uh, I waited till they had the extended version. And I recall when I was actually taking a trip to one of the conferences. I'm not really sure which conference it was, but this was on the plane for me to see. So I saw the movie in its entirety. Um, I think it, there was just way too many things that they would try to do in that movie in terms of the story. Uh, and that was what threw a lot of things off. Plus a little, you know, a lot of things were inconsistent. Like, you know, Batman is not supposed to be a character that actually kills people. But in that movie, I did see him shoot somebody. Um, so there's a lot of issues with that. Uh, I didn't think I thought Ben Affleck was is, is pretty is pretty good as Batman. I don't have a problem with him as Batman. I just think um, some of the stuff in the actual film is like a little, little, little ridiculous, little over the top. And then one of the other things I didn't like is that you know when DC started having the trailers for the film, you know I recall they had a trailer where we saw Doomsday very early on. So it's like we pretty much saw a, a large part of the movie in that trailer. Um, and I think once you see the trailer and it shows this much, it's like, I don't know how much more they could show. But I was pretty disappointed that that much was given away in the trailer. Then when I see the movie, and I'm like, well, I've already seen most of this. Um, but with that said, um, I just think that they, they tried to, to really do too many things with the story. You try to take it in so many different directions. And this is something where, you know, Obviously, you could tell that they are trying to rush and get to 
the bigger films like Justice League because you throw in all these different story elements. And now they're talking about they may go and do a Batman movie. I don't know when that's going to happen, if it's still going to happen. But uh, it's just that I just feel like, you know, if you take your time, you know, to do the storytelling correct from the from the very beginning, then you won't have to try to rush in so many things and, and cram it into one film. And I felt like they did that. The fact they included Wonder Woman. Um, you know, we've had little instances where we saw some of the other characters that eventually are going to be in Justice League. We saw... You know, small little segments of them in this film, but uh, I just think you know it didn't really need to approach it that way. It should have just been about Batman and Superman because they had the conflict. But again, I know a lot of people out there love the film, so I'm not trying to say that I hated the film. I just think that there's a lot of issues with the film, and it stems from the fact that they tried to, to do too much in the film. But just my opinion. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. And um, a bit before I give my my thoughts on the film, let me just say first of all, I, I'm aware that there's an extended cut of the film, but um, I particularly do not care because I paid my money to see this movie, you know, at the theater. So I'm gonna judge it based on that because, like, what why why should I have to get DLC to enjoy a movie like that? That should not be a thing. So I'm not going to pay extra money for the movie to be a little bit better with an extended cut. Like I'm judging based on what I saw of the movie. So yeah, um, Batman versus Superman. It, this was definitely rushed. Um, I feel like they would have benefited a lot more from having a Batman movie before this movie, like just to establish his character because they kind of had to, you know, rush everything with his build up and his setup. And um, also, I think a big part of this, is, like my problem with this is you can't have a Batman that's, you know, torturing and, and, and killing, you know, the, the people that he's, he's trying to stop and everything. Like, that's not Batman's character. You know, he doesn't do that. And I feel like the only reason they, they had him torture and, you know, harm um, the, the criminals and stuff is to give superman more of a legitimate reason to to be against him like and that just seemed really forced to me and also i didn't like the writing in this movie at all like it felt really cheesy you know throughout the entire movie like um marvel like they you know that their, their films are written so well like there's a lot of humor and like it just everything just flows and it makes sense this movie just it felt like it was reaching a lot and it was very cliched and just very cheesy overall um they tried to force too many things like there was a few cool scenes like the flash thing the flash uh, easter egg that was pretty cool um and i can't really think of too much more that was cool to be honest but yeah um i i did not like the movie at all like i, I just remember um sitting in the theater like just face palming the whole time like i couldn't believe it was that terrible because the, the first trailer that they put out of this movie was incredible in my opinion and then you know like rich said they put out that other trailer and that pretty much gave away the whole movie you know doomsday and everything and it started to look a little little shaky you know in that in that that second trailer and yeah like uh from there is just the downward sp spiral for me really um but yeah, I just feel like they kind of rushed into this, you know, off the back of Man of Steel when 
they should have had more movies in between like or or at least a batman film you know before batman the superman uh because i mean with the with the marvel universe you know before the avengers there was like many movies to establish these characters first you know so you can't just cram them all into one movie to try and you know get ahead of like yourself because you feel like you're behind marvel or whatever like you can't just rush this you have to put in the work to build up these characters and make us care about them and you have to give them legitimate reasons to you know be fighting each other and, and stuff of that nature like you know with civil war for example like we we've had loads of movies with these characters we've developed with these characters a lot so it matters a lot when we see them fight each other in that film but in Batman vs Superman, all we had was a Superman film, and there was no reference to any other character in that film at all. So, like, why should we care at that point? Especially if the writing is so poor, like, you know. So yeah, that that's my thoughts on that movie. Uh, JJ, how did you feel about Batman vs Superman? Well, let me say here that I was there and I saw the body fresh and dead when it happened. Okay, this movie was kind of dead on arrival for a number of different reasons. And I say that with the utmost respect because I actually really wanted to like a lot of the DC films as they came out. I've seen every DC film up to now, including also every Marvel film in the MCU up to now opening night you know, with the rest of the crowd that was really hyped up for it. And I agree with you that the trailers leading up into the release of Batman v Superman was super hype. Like that, those first trailers and the, especially the first San Diego Comic-Con footage that came out for that movie, some of the hypest stuff you've probably ever seen in, in film cinema, cinema, especially for comic book movies. Because for many, many years, so many people, myself included, want to see Batman and Superman in the same movie on screen. That's just a fact, straight up. Here's the problem, though. And it's a it's a it's a it's a freaking cavalcade of like bad stuff happening all at the same time that really messed up this movie. Number one, you have Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment that really want to catch up with, with the momentum that Marvel had with the MCU because Marvel had many years up to that point to to kind of flesh out not only their characters but builds up into what we got with the Avengers. I don't remember the exact time frame, but I think Batman v Superman came out after the Avengers, right? As far as like you know years and stuff. I could be wrong on that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah yeah, it came out afterwards right i can't remember which mcu movie was out at the time but i know like we we already knew what was going down okay so basically we knew what was up when it came to the mcu and stuff and obviously everybody had expectations myself included and it's it's almost like a layup as far as like success is concerned with a film when you have two iconic characters and comics that are going up together or being put in the same movie together it's batman and superman no matter what the quality of the film is it's going to make money by default okay however here's what happened with batman v superman dawn of justice obviously it was the film that was supposed to kind of spearhead the the justice league film which i really believe in all honesty until stuff got started kind of you know going to defcon 5 and people started panicking over there that i if it wasn't for suicide squad we probably would have gotten the justice league film right after this now the reason why i say that is because there's so many characters and there's so many things that are happening in batman v superman and it, it made it warp from a batman versus superman movie which is what we all wanted to see and it ended up becoming like a, a marketing advertisement movie for other films that were happening in the dcu the reason why is because obviously you have batman and superman it's the first introduction of batman in this film universe away from the christopher nolan universe which was already so hot 
at the time. Again, Christian Bale as Batman, that that resonated with a lot of people strictly because of Nolan's work and obviously of Heath Ledger's Joker. That's just, you know, that was just a mega hit at the time. So coming off of that, there was a lot of expectations, a lot of stuff that people were really hoping would happen. Uh, ben Affleck, I felt like, got the brunt of a lot of the backlash and got a lot of the brunt of the negativity that was surrounded around this movie and it was definitely not his fault because i think ben affleck is a great actor and he he caught a lot of heat let's not forget he caught a lot of heat when he was cast as batman myself included i wasn't really down with it but after i saw that first trailer i was down with it and a lot of people weren't down with it and so finally right up to the movie's release and that's a shame because Ben Affleck is not a crappy actor. I think that it worked really well for him as far as like the type of Batman he portrayed on film. I think it, it sucked because a lot of the movie revolves around him or a lot of the hype revolves around his character and take it away from Superman. Because remember, this Batman v Superman is supposed to be a Man of Steel sequel, which is a damn shame because Henry Canville doesn't deserve to get shitted on like that. And I felt like that's what really happened in this movie because you not only had Ben Affleck going down, you have him, uh, what is it, uh, interacting with Henry Cavill, which I feel like Henry Cavill's Superman needed to be given more. He didn't feel as Superman-like as he should have been or he should have been doing more as Superman or should have been given more attention. And then you have Gal Gadot that's kind of thrown in there. My biggest problem with this movie outside of Doomsday, which is a whole nother a whole nother podcast in of itself. It's just, there's so much crap going on with this movie. One of my biggest problems is that Wonder Woman was completely underutilized. And I felt like if they were going to utilize her in the way that she ended up being utilized in this movie, she should have never been in it. Because I felt like certain scenes that involved Lois Lane and a lot of the other stuff that was happening between Batman and Superman should have been uh, resolved or should have been uh, handled by Wonder Woman there. Wonder Woman should have been one of the people that was there to stop Batman and Superman from fighting, not show up at the end when the climax is going down. And we've only seen her like a couple times in the movie or maybe one time in the movie at that point. And then all of a sudden now we have to kind of get behind her and be a badass because it's Wonder Woman on film. That's a lot of the outside stuff of the movie happening. That's trying to kind of, you know, gauge the emotion of the audience and not exactly what's happening in the movie itself. That's a damn shame because Gal Gadot deserves better than that. Wonder Woman on film deserves a lot better than that. This is why I'm, uh, you know, we'll get into it in just a bit. This is why I have a lot of uh, uh, worries about the Wonder Woman film coming later on. But back to this one, right? There's so much going on in this movie that's like such a problem that just does not come together right. Let's not forget about the fact that we got Lex Luthor in this movie who should have been the default villain of the entire thing. There should have never been a doomsday. Like, the only reason why we have Doomsday in this film is to kill Superman at the end. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Batman v Superman, but come on, it's been a while already. Roll with me here. The the problem is, is that there's so many different arcs of comics that the, the, what is it, Zack Snyder and a lot of the other people wanted to implement in order to get to that point where we could finally just get to the Justice League is that everything is just working against each other. You have Batman and v versus Superman happening. It's the first time these two iconic characters are coming together and kind of clashing with each other. They're following a little bit of the same idea where in the Avengers, not all the characters and not all the heroes got along with each other from the very get-go. These two are at battle and we want to see a battle between the two of them. That's what we many of us waited for years for but then you got that. Now all of a sudden you got Lex Luthor who's behind the scenes who should have been kind of like in the animated series movie should have been the one kind of like pulling the strings and hit belt. Batman and Superman should have teamed up to take him down later on at the end of the movie but then you got that then you got the introduction of Wonder Woman who's just kind of shoehorned in there then you got all of a sudden you got uh what is it um what's his name General Zod who's kind of just thrown in there that's turned into Doomsday which is totally not like the comics but mind you that's that would that was a creative liberty to like the 11th degree 
that they just needed in order to have like a big epic fight at the end which wasn't really it it, it was a cool fight and it was some interesting uh computer effects that they implemented into there but there was a lot of other stuff that was thrown into there including the fact that they're on an abandoned island that's just in the middle of like between gotham and metropolis just randomly there you know because plot details it's just weird and it's like it's a movie that's just all over the place and the way that they ended it with superman dying and just feels like a lot of this stuff was just to spearhead the other characters and not give superman his total due which is what was the original thing in the first place when this movie was getting made and that's a shame because that same type of stuff all that all that bad stuff that was coming together for batman v superman a lot of the people reacted to it myself included when when i saw the movie i've seen the movie about four or five times now including the extended cut which by the way i'm with gary on it where uh, the extended cut does nothing for the film. If anything, it makes it a little bit more worse because they had some good ideas that were kind of like, you know, addressed or some of the gripes that I had in the original cut in theaters were addressed, but like it still doesn't make it a good film. It still makes it like a, a mess of a film. And because of that reaction, uh, Warner Brothers and DC panicked. And if you don't remember, which is what we'll probably talk about next with Suicide Squad, a lot of their game plan changed up with some of their movies moving forward. But I know that's a lot to digest there, but, you know, it, it, the, Batman v Superman is really a mess. And a lot of the people that were really down with this movie and tried to rally for it uh, are either one in denial or two trying to look for something that isn't there. It's just not a great movie whatsoever. It should have been much better and it should have been a movie that was much more of a, of a big uh, pop, uh, pop event, pop culture event than what it ended up being. Yeah, like it, it was definitely all over the place, man. And you know, you, you talk about um Superman, you know, he dies at the end and everything. But like like why why are we supposed to care about that? Like throughout this whole movie, he was an asshole. Like like I mean, what well, what kind of guy like gets into a bath with a woman with his clothes on, like all his clothes on, like who does that? Like he was doing <laughs> He's doing like real questionable things throughout the movie. Like, why do we care that he's dead now? Like, and, and I feel like, and let's not forget character. about the fact that he kills people in this movie. Like, let's like, straight up. Like, it's not just Batman. People seem to forget about that guy in the beginning of the film where he saves Lois Lane from that he throws him through a wall. That guy is dead, straight up. Now, don't get me wrong. We've kind of established in Man of Steel that like he kills people and it's a very dark take on the character. And Batman just doesn't give a fuck the entire time. He's actually killing uh, dudes throughout like the entire time he's on screen for most of the time that he's doing Batman stuff. But it, he he's very Henry Canville. What he's given in the script makes him very un Superman like. It's a very grim Superman take, but. Even when you're taking a very grim approach to the story, I feel like Superman in a, in the character, you know, in the essence of the character itself, you know, in the legacy behind that character, he should still have stuff that makes us want to be like him. That makes us want to aspire to be like Superman. And you just do not get that in Batman v Superman whatsoever. Yeah, I feel like um, Captain America does Superman better than Superman does, like in terms of his character and you know, being heroic and a symbol kind of thing. So yeah, I think they completely messed up with that. Like, and I feel like his, like Superman's character in uh, Batman versus Superman contradicts his character in Man of Steel. Like, I feel like in Man of Steel, straight up, more, more of the Superman that we want. Straight up, I agree. It, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of continuity issues or a lot of things that kind of are, are shot away from or ignored between all the DC movies that we've gone up to this point, and and that's a big worry. But I feel like with Man of Steel, what makes it so significant is that it was such a layup and it ended up being such a bomb, in my opinion. Not just not because 
uh, it made it didn't make money in the box office because clearly everybody went to go see it, which for a number of different reasons, and mainly it being because Batman and Superman are in the same film, but it ended up becoming a bomb is because it, it really muddled up a lot of what the DCU could have been, and they could have literally copied Marvel in the way that they approached a lot of the, the joining of their heroes in Avengers and some of the other uh, movies that we had up until that point, and they decided not to do that and expected to get the same level of success and the same level of respect that Marvel got in their films. And that and you just can't do that. You either got to go and, and emulate what the other people or your competition has done at that point, or you have to do something completely different and just not expect the same level of success. And I feel like they're, they're all over the place. They want to have their cake and eat it too. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's all, it's all muddied up and it's just like the characters and the, the universe and the legacy of these characters suffers because of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, before we move on to the next film, I just want to ask you guys real quick, uh, what what do you think of the casting in you know both Man and Steel, Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman? I'll, I'll go to you first, Rich. Like, what what do you think of the casting of you know Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, Lex Luthor, everyone? Uh, well, uh, I don't have a problem with uh, like I said earlier. You know, I I, I think the actor chose for Superman. Uh, uh, I think I think he's fine. Uh, Ben Affleck, I, I think is, is okay as well. But I will say that I saw another movie that he starred in also last year called The Accountant. And I think that that is that role. I think he killed that role. I, that was a far more interesting character than, than what he did for Batman, in my opinion. But, um, you know, in terms of the films, you know, I, I don't have a problem too much with the casting of Man of Steel. Uh, Lex Luthor. Uh, in, uh, in, in that Superman v. Batman, though, uh, for some reason, I still can't see that actor in that role. Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse yeah. Eisenberg. Everybody, everybody calls him, instead of Lex Luthor, a lot of people call him the Joker because he was like, it, it almost <laughs> felt like he was emulating, he was emulating Heath Ledger. Like that, that came off more as Joker than it did Lex Luthor, which, but I'm gonna let you finish, Rich, but, but I wanna address that one when you're done. Like, I, I got some problems with Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, uh, you know, th- this is, uh, Mr. Social Network, who's in the Facebook movie. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I, I had an issue with that. I had an issue from when they showed the trailer, and then, you know, you had this guy, this character acting real silly and stuff. I didn't like that. But, uh, outside of that, I mean, I don't have a problem with the casting of any of the other characters in, in either film. But, uh, those ones, that one definitely stood out to me as a problem. Yeah, like I think um, Heath Ledger really, um, you know, set the tone for how a wait, wait. should be done. Wait, 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 hold on a second. I thought you were only talking about uh, Batman v Superman and Man of Steel. Or you talking yeah, about the other Batman movies too? No, no, no. Because I'm, I'm just saying that to say this, like about um, Jesse Eisenberg and Lex Luthor, like because I, I think Heath Ledger set, you know, the the tone for how you know, a bad guy should be played in this type of movie, and I feel like everyone tries to kind of emulate that now yeah. in, the, in the DC universe. So I think, you know, um, that's pretty, that's kind of what, you know, Jesse Eisenberg was doing, and, you know, we'll, we'll get to that more as well with the next movie as well. But, um, JJ, what are your thoughts on the casting of those two movies? Now, now for Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, I think that the secondary characters, the supporting cast, are kind of good. Uh, the actress they got to play Lois Lane, I think, is great. I think she's a cool person to play that character. 
Uh, some of the writing I think is questionable. And again, some of the scenes that she's given in Batman v Superman specifically, I felt like should have never gone to her. It should have gone to Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman should have been the one to stop Batman and Superman from fighting each other. Not Lois Lane, who's just randomly there on the island during this entire fight. You know, and, and then you have the whole Martha thing, which, by the way, the Martha thing between Batman and Superman could have been clever. But in the way that they deliver it makes it sound hokey and stupid. And it's a shame because that's something that not a lot of people really think about. But that's a thing from the comics. Both Batman and Superman's mothers are named Martha. And that's clever. That's that's like a, a, a little detail that's very meta that could have sparked something very special. And really, you could have gotten a good deep connection between Batman and Superman, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne. Uh, and a level where it's like, you know something? You know, we have two totally opposing views. But like, I can respect that because, you know, you have something, you know, that's that's very similar to me in, in the way that you came up and the way that you grew up and became a hero in your own right. That could have been something awesome to play out on a film. But the way that they did that, not cool. The other thing I also want to mention is that some of the secondary characters and the way that they handle it from Man of Steel to, to Batman v Superman is really bad. And it has nothing to do with the casting of uh, Morpheus as uh, Perry White. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with any of the other casting of some of the other characters that show up. Uh, there, there's a couple of characters like, uh, what is it? Um, i trying to think. The photographer from Superman. Um, uh, oh, damn. Um uh, not not Pete, uh, Lois Lane's assistant. I'm blanking Jim, out on Jim, it right Jimmy now. Jimmy Olsen? Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen. I'm sorry. I'm blanking out right now because I'm, I'm so uh, fanboy. Anyway, <laughs> point is, okay, Jimmy Olsen, I feel like, you know, it's a legacy character in the DC universe. And, you know, especially to the Superman lore that just gets shitted on in Batman v Superman. And, like, the first, like, 10 minutes, it's like, you know, a lot of that has to do with the outside forces that's like controlling a lot of where these movies go. And, you know, a lot of the creative decisions by people that I feel like were making the wrong decisions and didn't have the people there to kind of like question them. Uh, Zack Snyder, for all the good that he's done in a lot of the films and stuff, a lot of people right now feel like Zack Snyder is probably the worst thing to happen with the DC Expanded Universe because killing off Jimmy Olsen for no apparent reason, it just was random. Killing Superman at the end of Batman v Superman when you got the Justice League movie right around the corner, it's like, okay come on now like what was the reason for that uh and let alone some of the other stuff that a lot of people complain about at man of still even though i don't necessarily think it was as bad i could totally understand the feelings and emotions where everybody was coming from but back to the supporting cast overall the supporting cast and a lot of the other characters that you see in these movies are supposed to uplift the main cast the main characters that we are following throughout the story where they're supposed to push them up and make help us make us care about those characters even more and i feel like with with henry Campbell's superman we didn't get a lot of that at all it, we either got it where uh his character was being a nuisance like uh clark Kent was being a nuisance or we were focusing too much on lois lane or you're focusing too much on ben affleck's batman or gal Gadot's wonder woman which we did which we really didn't get enough of she's like i said she should have never been in batman v superman in the way that they handled her and such but it's just that while the casting is good most much of the problems with these movies always goes back to the writing and that's how it normally is with a lot of bad movies it's the writing and the way that the script plays out and the way that you know a lot of this stuff happens in that pre-production phase before you go to principal photography that's where all these problems usually manifest themselves yeah so quickly uh before we move on like i want to ask you guys like is ben affleck a good batman because like me personally i feel like he is you know he is a good batman he makes a good batman it's just that we didn't get you know we didn't get to see him in his own batman movie first before batman vs superman so he kind of had to share the limelight with other characters and that kind of you know 
set it kind of hurt the development of his character so he didn't really get to to do what he needed to do in batman versus superman but what do you guys think is is ben affleck a good batman I, th- I think he is and even then i they could have did it right even without implementing his his own solo film a, a lot of people would easily come out and say like that that was a big problem that he should have never gotten introduced with a uh, batman v superman i feel like you could have did that and then have him show up in cameos and other movies and, and it kind of goes along with this character because batman has his hand in everything that's just how he is he, he's He's a real big control freak. So I could see that making sense with the DC universe as a whole, where Batman has like a little hand and like a little influence in everything that's going on. That could have been done in a clever way. But because of like the way that the writing happens with some of these scripts and some of these movies, that just the, the ball gets dropped with that. As an actor and as a person on screen, when he is Batman, when he is Bruce Wayne, I like him. I actually like a lot of his stuff that he did there. And a lot of people would agree with me. On that but again it all goes back to that script it all goes back to some of the goofier moments that you see in batman v superman like the very beginning of the movie when you see him like floating up and stuff where during that dream sequence it's not really clear that's a dream dream sequence until he finally says it you know and it's little things like that that just kind of you know muddle up what was could have been a great performance from a great actor again he's a great actor if you don't know uh how good ben affleck's work is there's a movie that he did where he played uh george Re- uh yeah george reeves uh, was it as Superman from back in the day, a Hollywood man, I think it was called, where a lot of the stuff that he has in there work, could work out great, if not worked out great when he did Batman v Superman, as far as like the mannerisms and his presence on screen. But overall, I think that it's not his fault why like some of the things that were bad about that this version of Batman happens in this movie. What would you think, Rich? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't think uh, Ben Affleck did a bad job. I think he was—I think he's a fine actor. Um, you know, he's been in a lot of movies that I've seen, and I, I've, I've enjoyed him in. Uh, I think the issue again—it goes back to a lot of what you guys already said. Uh, you know, we needed. I, I mean, I would have liked a individual Batman movie to really explain more about the character. I mean, I already know everything. That I need to know about Batman from the films that I've seen before, but for people to get familiar with Ben Affleck's version of Batman, I think we needed another movie ahead of time to really dive into stuff. And then going back into Superman v, I mean Batman v Superman, I know we had a uh, take for example, you know, the fact that uh, you know we 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 it's alluded to that Robin was killed by Harley Quinn. Uh, that's something that. We don't really have a further understanding on what happened with that whole story in, in, in terms of the cinematic stuff. So I would have liked to have gotten more of an insight on that. But again, they wanted to make this movie about, well, he has an issue with Superman. And that was what they were doing, trying to develop the motive for, as to why he had to go after Superman, which is fine. But in order to care about the character, I think we needed to know more about the character. And I didn't think that we were able to really get a feel for that in this particular film. Uh, but, again, this is just my opinion, but yeah, Ben Affleck is a good actor. I think he did fine as, as Batman, probably better than people thought he would do. So I'm fine with that, but yes, you had other people in this film, so I don't really think um, they really did a, did a good job with just him in, in particular, but we're going to see how this gets over time and if they actually still do his, his own movie perhaps that's for the best but yeah we needed to get to learn more about the character uh, before we go into this whole thing where now, where now he's going against Superman Superman has already had his own movie so where the hell is Batman's movie 
it just didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. So, yeah, we'll move on to the next movie now, um, which was Suicide Squad. And um, I know I, I've been reading Suicide Squad comics for a long time, and you know I really enjoyed them and everything. So I had high hopes for this movie, and I I went into it thinking, okay, this can be the movie that just turns things around a little. Like it will be a fun movie. You know, there's not too much they can mess up with this because you know they're just they're using you know um, different characters like villains and stuff like that. So they they can't really mess up too much with this. So I thought this movie was going to be great. But, you know, I went and saw it and it was just as bad as Batman vs. Superman, unfortunately, in my opinion. And I think a lot of this, you know, um, well, it had to do with poor writing as well. But um, a lot of the issues I had with it as well was the the villain, the, the Enchantress. Um, I feel like they should have used a different villain because, you know, if you're going to have um, somebody that powerful... Um, I feel like, you know, it's, it's kind of, you are kind of scratch your head and think, okay, why, why is the Suicide Squad dealing with this? Like, is that ending, that final, um, you know, fight in the movie and stuff, like, that's some serious level stuff. So you would expect someone like Flash or, you know, whoever, like Batman or, you know, Wonder Woman or whatever to deal with something like that or something on that scale. And, you know, in the comics, the Suicide Squad, they're used to handle like more covert missions and stuff like you know more it would, like the equivalent would be like you know the the defenders you know in the marvel universe like they handle a lot of street level stuff like smaller scale stuff and i feel like that's what suicide squad should have been so i think they went too ambitious with you know the the villain in that movie and that in turn created some potholes as well and then you know the issues with the Joker as well. Like, why? Like, why was he here? Like, he, you know, he he wasn't in the movie that long, and like, they there was a lot of controversy about them cutting out stuff that he did, like that he filmed for the movie and stuff. And you know that it's like, why even include him then? Like, you know, if if you're not going to show us everything that he filmed and because there was a lot of hype like they, they were saying behind the scenes that he you know he did a great job but then they cut so much so it's like okay why is he even in the movie at this point like you know what's the point like and the, the stuff we saw of him wasn't that amazing you know and um it seemed like he was just kind of imitating what was done with the joker beforehand you know before he had the role but um, yeah, I don't want to go off on a tangent and rant about this film, so I'm going to get some of your thoughts on this. Uh, JJ, I know you're eager to, to talk about it, so go ahead. I, I can could, I could only imagine Gary going to the theater with an optimistic view of this movie, and then a big nope just appears right on top of the screen. He's like, nope, sorry, Gary, we got you again. <laughs> so that's how bottom line, and, and that's how you felt. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt too, and, and I knew it was coming. And here's the thing. My personal opinion, okay, agree or disagree, if you're watching the live show right now or if you're listening to this later, agree or disagree, let me know in the comments below. I feel that Suicide Squad is the worst DC movie to come out, EU movie to come out to date right now, hands down. It, it's terrible, and it's for a number of different reasons. Worse than Batman v Superman. Here's the thing, okay? Uh, after the reception of Batman v Superman, 
uh, we all knew that Suicide Squad was coming, and a lot of people, myself included, thought that this was going to be the movie that turned stuff around, which is the DCEU cycle, I like to call it. It's very similar to the Sonic cycle. You know what the Sonic cycle is, where we kind of go through this kind of, you know, denial phase and eventually acceptance phase. It's the same idea, where a new DCEU movie gets announced, we get optimistic, we see it, we kind of, like, oh, you know, panic. We, we look at the next slate of DC movies, and the, sl- and the whole cycle starts all over again with uh, Suicide Squad, right? Okay. Uh, it looked like the movie was turning out one way. If you remember some of those early trailers and early promotional material, it wasn't so colorful as what the movie ended up becoming for a number of different reasons. Because remember, that was still being developed and shot and filmed uh, around the same time before Batman v Superman was actually wrapped up and was already released in theaters, where they were still going along with that original plan to have a very grim take on the DC universe, or uh, especially on the in the live action movies. And once the reception for Batman v Superman was like really terrible, uh, Warner Brothers and DC flipped. They they panicked. It's it's obvious as 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 day. Like I'm pretty sure anybody right now, you go back and look at this, some of that stuff, you could probably pinpoint the exact point when they flipped. Because as soon as the reception was so outwardly negative, despite so many people going to see those that movie in theaters, uh, they they you could clearly see all the stuff start to change where things got more more colorful. Things started getting more humorous in a lot of the trailers for Suicide Squad. You start seeing a lot of different banter between the characters, and there wasn't so much kind of like a depressing uh, portrayal of the DCEU for in Suicide Squad. There's a lot of different things that changed up. You put on top of that. The fact that the studio also panicked because of that and got a totally different, uh, uh, what is it, uh, team to cut the movie. That was different than what David Ayer originally had uh, decided to do with this film. So there's two cuts to this movie, by the way. Okay, and technically three if you count the extended cut that we got on DVD. So you got whatever David Ayer was originally doing. You got what we got in theaters. And then you got the extended cut, which is basically the same thing that was in theaters with a little bit of extra footage. And... In my strong belief, I really believe, besides the stuff with the Enchantress, I think the original plan was to have the Joker as the villain. Because the Joker is just so random and where he comes out, you know, in the movie. Or, you know, besides being, you know, an introduction and a plot point for Harley Quinn. Which, by the way, let's address this right now. The studio and the way that this movie played out is really trying to make Harley Quinn into an icon. And really make Harley Quinn into... Uh, a character that the audience could really get behind because that's what sells. That's what a lot of people, uh, there's a big fan base for Harley Quinn. And they're really trying to capitalize on that. Harley Quinn is not a likable character. Let's just be real for a second. Harley Quinn is one of the tools that the Joker uses for a lot of his different stuff. And the way that that uh, toxic relationship plays out in the comics and stuff is really how that is. Harley Quinn is really not a likable character. She's supposed to be more of a tragic character, which is a shame. And there's a lot of, you know, allure with that. You know, especially in a lot of the comic stories and a lot of her stuff and her role has changed over the years. But that's where that originally germinated from, from the animated series. That's where her roots were from. And the movie tries to really blow her up and gas her up as something completely different than what she actually is. You see that in the way that the movie played out in theaters, in a lot of the trailer and promotional material. The fact that we're getting a Gotham City Sirens movie that's technically going to star her, going to be more focused on her. Anything else after the disaster that this movie was, in my personal opinion, very weird. And we'll get to that in just a bit. But then you throw all, into all the mix all these other characters in the Suicide Squad, which, for better or worse, don't get a lot of shine. Some of them are very throwaway. Some of them are very two-dimensional. Some of them are very flat and very questionably, like, you know, it's a question of why they're even in there in the first place. And why didn't they get their heads blown off as well, besides the guy that did? 
during the course of the movie. It's just very weird. And and you're totally right, Gary. With the way that the Enchantress ends up being the main villain and the main baddie towards the end of the movie and like, you know, her plot and all that stuff, you would think that the writers in there were going through writer's block and they just want to keep things moving along. Because in no uh, cinematic universe or in no universe that's very solid and, and thought out, are you going to have a plot that big and not have some of your bigger characters show up? I'm pretty sure Batman, The Flash, uh, what is it, Wonder Woman, or, or any of the other characters that were going through their phases and stuff in between movies might have noticed what went down with the Suicide Squad. This is why I agree with you also that the Suicide Squad themselves are more street level, and this is why the Joker should have been the main villain that they were going after. That would have added a whole new dynamic between Harley Quinn and the Joker, You know, seeing where, what shots does she go with. Does she stick with the group that she's staying with throughout the entire movie, or does she go with her man? Uh, a lot of the other stuff that happened behind the scenes, especially... Will Smith's Deadshot. When I look at Will Smith in this movie, I'm seeing Will Smith. I'm not seeing Deadshot. He's being Will Smith that just decided not to go do Independence Day. That's what I'm seeing when I'm uh, seeing him act on film, or at least in the theater, when when he's actually in this movie. And it's just really weird that there's so many outside forces that are muddling up this movie, that and, and it ended up being the disaster that it ended up being. And that's a shame, because that was supposed to be the movie that changed everything around after two movies that just didn't get it right. Now, I'll tell you right now, Suicide Squad is that film that really took away all confidence I had in the DCU. This is why I'm not excited for stuff like Wonder Woman. This is why I'm not that excited for stuff like Justice League, even though I like some of the trailers. A lot of the trailers for all these movies they have in common, they have great trailers, but they ended up being kind of meh by the time you actually go watch them or, ter- or outright terrible. Straight up. Yeah, that like everything you said is all facts. Like I completely agree with everything you said. Facts. Like, facts. For real. Um, yeah, like, and this movie made me vow not to see any more DCEU movies in the cinema unless I hear from, like, you guys, everyone at the Coalition and my friends and stuff that the movie turned out good. Like, that's the only way I'm actually going to the cinema now to see one of these movies moving forward. There's a lot of denial. There's a lot of straight up denial in all these, especially Suicide Squad. Do you remember, like, on social media, how many people were really kind of lighting up social media about how good this movie was because of stuff like Harley Quinn, because of stuff like The Joker and stuff, and that is not good? Straight up. If you go back and you listen to some of the original ideas that David Ayer had for the Joker and the Harley Quinn relationship, it is so much more better and it could have played out on screen so much more better had that actually been fully realized and the studio had not messed up the movie and fuddled, uh, muddled around with it in order to kind of like make it into something that could have been better, more well received, the Batman v Superman. The only reason why a lot of that relationship and a lot of other stuff got changed up is because they wanted to turn the Joker and Harley Quinn into sex icons. They were, as far as like marketable icons that people could get excited about buying stuff at Hot Topic and Spencer's straight up because that's how the Joker comes off on screen. The Joker comes off as more like a, as a, as a bad boy, rebelist, like sex symbol. That's how he comes off, and it's not really like that. This is why a lot of people didn't take a good liking to the whole uh, gangster Joker interpretation. And, and, you know, more power to the actor. Again, I, I forgot the name at the current moment. I'm blanking out because I'm going through a lot of stuff. The actor that played the Joker in Suicide Squad, he seems like he's a great actor. I know he's been in a bunch of other movies that were actually really good. And a lot of, There was a lot of hype for him being into this. And the fact that they decided not to go with uh, 
the same type of interpretation that Heath Ledger did, I felt like was the right choice. It was the right creative choice because there's no way you're going to live up to what Heath Ledger did with uh, The Dark Knight. It's just straight up. It's not going to happen. It's a totally di- different interpretation of that character, totally different Batman, totally different team and crew working on this movie. So try, don't try to kind of like, you know, capture lightning in a bottle twice. That's a smart decision. What everything else around it and everything else that tried to build it up and make it, you know, what it was supposed to be and stuff completely fell apart, though. Yeah, like the, the the Joker, like in this film, like he he didn't come across as deranged in any way, like and he Jared Leto, that that was the actor I seen in the chat. Now somebody pointed out Jared Leto. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, yeah, he he didn't seem deranged in any way, and he didn't come across as like mentally intriguing, you know, in any way. He just seemed like a junkie, basically, in this movie. Like he, he just seemed like he was high on drugs the entire time. A wannabe time. Joker, a cosplayer. That that's exactly what he looks like was a wannabe gangster joker. And here's the thing. He did not come off as intimidating on screen. He looked like he was trying to be that playboy joker to appeal to the young audience, you know, the young girls that were going to watch this movie that were fans of Harley Quinn. That that's how it comes off. That's not not, not me hating on Jared Leto. And that's not me kind of taking shots at Margaret Robbie or or any of those characters and stuff. That's just how it played off on screen. And it should have been much better because according to what Jared Leto said and what a lot of other people said that worked on that film, including David Ayer, there was a lot more other stuff that was totally different than the way that it turned out. Yeah, I, I don't blame the actors at all, like for what happened, for how this movie turned out and the other movies. Like, I definitely feel like it's the studio and... You know, in the case of uh, Batman vs Superman, the director as well. But like in in the case of Suicide Squad, I think the studio more so ruined this movie. But I feel like you know it, it was well casted. I think it's just the execution was terrible. But Richard, you've been quiet for a while, so let us know what what did you think of Suicide Squad? Well, uh, I mean, I I agree with a lot of what has already been said about this movie. Uh, I'll just say that, you know, Jared Leto, you know, this is an actor that, yes, he's been in a lot of films. I enjoyed quite a bit of the films he's been in. Uh, you know, even uh, Requiem for a Dream, which is a pretty fucked up film. But it, that film, that made me know, know why I would never do drugs. So I got respect for, for, for the actor. Uh, but again, this is an actor that a lot of women see him as a sex symbol. So I think that when they started writing this film and then they had all these different directions they decided to go in, they decided, well, let's play to the strengths of the actors, not so much the characters. This is why a lot of people, I mean, I saw a lot of a lot of girls I know, a lot of women, you know, they were dressing up as, you know, Harley Quinn. Come on, they're looking for their Joker because they saw the Joker in this film and they that's the kind of guy they wanted. You know, so this is a guy that, for the most part, a lot of women love him. So they played up the fact that, yes, this is like, uh, you know, someone who was supposed to be a bad guy, supposed to have a twisted sense of humor, but yet is still something that the women like to see. Uh, going back to what JJ said about Will Smith, Will Smith only knows how to play himself, Will Smith. So this is why this is who he was for the most part in this movie. You know, Deadshot is a good character, but uh, we didn't really get a chance to see any of that on display in this film. Uh, and then going to Harley Quinn... This is again, you know, Mar- Mar- uh, Margot Robbie, a very attractive woman. Uh, and that is what we saw for the most part in this film. You know, the relationship she had with Joker, nothing like how it's supposed to be at all. But, you know, they played up the fact that, yes, this is an attractive woman, the Joker, played by Jared Leo, also an attractive character. So 
they played to the strengths of, of those characters. So those were problems. But I also must say that the biggest issue with this film, once again, they underutilize so many characters in the film. And that's unfortunate because, as you say, Gary, I know you've been into Suicide Squad. You see a lot of the characters. So when you see certain characters get introduced and then they don't really, you know, like we have the character that died in the movie. This is the character that I believe that, that does stuff with fire in his hands. This guy, all of a sudden, you know, the whole time in the film, you see they're trying to come together, you know, trying to form an unlikely duo. Then by the end of the film, which is maybe what, an hour and a half or maybe an hour and a half into the film, all of a sudden, before this character dies, he's like, yeah, man, you guys are like family. I'm like, where the hell do we see that it was established that they are like family in that short period of time? Um, you had the scene, of course, where they found out the truth about what was going on. And I guess there was some bonding in that scene. But for the most part, it's like, again, this is a situation where a lot of things are rushed. Um, the, the boss, which you guys already said about the enemy chosen, that was stupid as well. And you have to ask yourself, if all this stuff is going on, where the hell are the real heroes? Where the hell is Batman? Where's Superman? Well, you know what Superman is at. But where are the other heroes? Wonder Woman? None of, none of them. This is like a major world event, and none of these characters are around to try to do anything about it. I thought that was a little ridiculous. But again, I believe we, we already know that this movie was made just so that they can get to the ending scene where Bruce Wayne says... Well, I, I don't worry. I have a team that I can form as well just to get to Justice League. This is what all this stuff is being is being done for that reason. Um, but with that said, yeah, I, I was disappointed. Uh, I was not uh, impressed with the film. Uh, Will Smith and Margot Robbie were really the only highlights of the film, but they did not really play the characters the way they needed to play them. But with that said, yeah, this, this was a disappointment, I would have to say. Uh, and it really didn't have to be, but Again, because DC panicked with the reaction from Batman v Superman, this is why you got what you got with this film. Yeah, like, and I feel like this movie just broke the whole universe for me because, like, in the com in the the comics of Suicide Squad, this task force is just supposed to deal with you know small level stuff that you know, the big heroes won't want to deal with, you know, and sometimes it might be illegal things, you know, like, um, or secret missions that the government doesn't want, you know, anyone to know about, even the other superheroes and stuff. So now that they've had this, you know, small task force of, you know, of villains, um, you know, take down like a world threat, you know, now moving forward in every other movie, you know, including like Justice League and Flash or whatever, whenever there's, you know, a time where the heroes backs are against the wall or anything, I'm automatically going to be thinking, okay, why don't they just send in the Suicide Squad then since they already took down the Enchantress? Like, wh why not just send them in? So they've broken let, the entire universe, in my opinion. Let, let's also address Amanda Waller, because I think this was also probably the greatest, one of the biggest problems of Suicide Squad, because I love Viola Davis. I'm pretty sure all three of us love Viola Davis. She's totally cuddle worthy. She's awesome. She's a great actress and stuff. The, the problem is, is that they do a couple things in the movie that's totally out of her character. Like that scene where she shoots up some of the other people and says that they didn't have clearance. You know, to, to, to know some of the things that they, they were doing and stuff. That's totally out of character. 
for for uh, Amanda Waller. In my in my personal opinion, a lot of people said that I was a badass scene. It was trying to establish how much of a badass Amanda Waller was. And, uh, you know, all this, like, empowerment stuff. And Will Smith was like, damn. And I thought we were the bad guys. Like, you know, it, it was it felt a little hand-fisted, kind of shoved up in there. But also, Amanda Waller, to me, you know, having watched the Justice League cartoon, having read the comics, having seen her character in a lot of the other interpretations of the DC Universe and, like, Arrow and all these other places, that's not an Amanda Waller thing for her to do. That's not within her character. Like, Amanda Waller is, like, the type of character that's more conniving and sees the value of things in other ways rather than just simply just killing somebody, you know, exploiting a person in order to kind of, like, make them work for her in better ways. She wouldn't just cap a person like that. I felt like that was just the movie or just the studio trying to kind of play a little bit on, like, you know, the female in charge type of thing. You know, the, the, the little bit of the fad that, that people are really hot up on right now. And also the fact that just trying to make the people, the, the characters that are supposed to be the good guys, you know, the government and stuff, make them bad. And I felt like that was like a total, total poor decision on their part because it just didn't make any sense. Like it, it was not needed. It would be different if she discovered like those people that she fired up upon were like, you know, infected by some of the, the, the enchantress's magic or something. Or like if they tried to kill her, that would have made more sense to see something like that happen than just her just cap them when they were done with their job. It was just stupid. There were little decisions like that. Besides Amanda Waller, okay, some of the other characters, uh uh, what is it? Um uh Rick the the, the main guy of the Suicide Squad that's like her underling. That's uh was it Rick Flagg? Rick Flag, yeah. Stuff like with her and him in a relationship, you know, with the Enchantress, like they don't really develop that. They the, the way that the Enchantress gets away just kind of like seems very ham fisted. There's little things and little decisions and little details that are not addressed or addressed in a very poor fashion that just make the movie a mess. Let's not forget about the fact that they, they kind of contradict themselves in the movie. I don't know if you guys saw this. When they were uh, kind of talking about the the minions that the Enchantress kind of like summons, those like minions that are like, they're like, um, I forgot what they're called in the DC universe, but they're made out of dirt. They're just like, you know, different types of like, you know, her underlings and stuff. They they make it a point to say that they can't kill them and that they can't really take them out by through conventional means. But then you have like a whole couple minute section where it's like Harley Quinn is hitting them with a bat and they're like exploding and dying. It's like you just a second ago just said you couldn't do that. And then right afterwards, they say that, that they would kind of reiterate that right afterwards. And it's like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, who in the scripting phase completely just missed details like this? It, it's so blatantly obvious. Like, I feel like because of the studios changing the cuts, you know, the, between the two studios that were, like, actually cutting the movie and uh, making it what it was, like, that got lost in translation somewhere. But, it, like, it just made it look so bad. It's just terrible, man. It's terrible. Yeah, it's all over the place. And let me just say as well that um as a black man i am offended at killer crocs car- i mean uh, <laughs> totally true totally true i agree with you right there like it was just random like you didn't even get character development with killer croc for the record he looks goofy he looks like a turd on screen let's just let's just put it out there he looks like a turd in the way that they interpret it because it's a little hard to do some of the stuff that they did in the animated series or the animated interpretations of Killer Croc. I can understand that, but at least do a little bit better with the makeup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that that character was so stereotypical and like just uh, what well, wasn't there like a, a part where he was watching BET or something? No, he wa- he yeah. comes out, he says he wants BET, and then at the very <laughs> end he actually gets BET. He's like, wow, they actually f- followed through with that. that that made no sense because you don't know who killer croc is he's just there 
he's just there. It's like Katana. Katana is actually a really cool character from the DC Comics, you know, in the Suicide Squad. There's a whole backstory involving the death of her, or her husband, the sword that she uses, and they kind of touch on it very lightly. But for in all essence, in the movie, in the context of the movie, she's just there. And that's a shame because the, a lot of those characters needed a little bit more in order for us to care about them. You don't care about anybody in the Suicide Squad, with, maybe with the exception of Harley Quinn and Deadshot, and only because they really try to gas up Harley Quinn and they really try to hammer it home that uh, Deadshot is not a bad guy. Yet he's still a villain in the DC Center universe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know much more to say about this. Like, it is just, it's an abomination. We're being a dead horse. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's move on to what's coming in the future. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, like, go through each film individually because we'll be here all night because, you know, there's a lot coming. I'm just going to name, you know, some of them and then, you know, we can just discuss, you know, what we think might be good or, you know, what what thing, what uh what things might lead to other things basically in the universe so yeah so we've got wonder woman coming up and we've got justice league we've got a flash film we've got aquaman we've got a batman film at some point and also there's been um you know rumblings of uh, a nightwing movie and a batgirl movie and you know um some other things as well that i'm sure you know uh, you guys might highlight but what are your thoughts on, you know, the up-and-coming movies, and what do you think will stand out, and is there anything notable that you would like to discuss about them? So, go ahead, JJ. <sighs> but here, here's the problem. the Because of the way that the last couple movies in the DCU have kind of turned out, especially Suicide Squad, because we just completely beat that horse dead to the ground, uh, a lot of it, a lot of my confidence in the DCU has been, you know, admonished. Like there's, I have no confidence right now in the DCU. This is why it sucks to say that, especially with the Wonder Woman film coming out. I am more excited about the 2019 Captain Marvel film from from Marvel for for the MCU than I am about the the, the Wonder Woman film. And Wonder Woman is one of the the first lady of comics. You know, when you really think about it, the first big live action uh, superhero that's a woman on screen. It's a damn shame to say that. Now a lot of people, and again, there's going to be a lot of revisionist history after this movie comes out, but. You know, I have to say that I don't have a lot of confidence in it because the track record of the DCU has just not proven to me that they could really handle something like this. Now, with that being said, though, there is still you have to give benefit of the doubt to projects like that, both to Wonder Woman and to the Justice League. I still am very wary and very cautious and very suspect about both of those films because of their track record. What I will say, though, is that because of all this stuff, and especially if Wonder Woman and Justice League doesn't uh, turn out good, which, by the way, we have to acknowledge some of the news that from behind the scenes stuff about both Wonder Woman and Justice League has been very rocky. There's been stories that have been published about there's been problems with those films that we should prepare for mentally and physically. Uh, but you could see a lot of the where uh, Warner Brothers and DC's head is at because they have all these movies announced and they have all these movies planned out, but they have yet to have one real big hit. And that's a real big problem. If you here, you could say the same thing about Marvel, but Marvel has a proven track record. We got the Avengers. We got Iron Man, the Iron Man, which is the first film to jumpstart everything. It was actually very good. For all the problems that Iron Man has, it was a very successful movie that kickstarted the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then we got the Avengers, which was very good. And say what you want about some of the other uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, 
for the most part, they're either good to great to fantastic. There's not a very terrible Marvel movie. Even though a lot of people don't like Thor and a lot of people don't like Iron Man 2 or Iron Man 3, they're not like on the same level of bad that you get from Suicide Squad. That's just fact right there. Even if you, you know, again, you feel one way or another about those films. The thing is, is that you're seeing a lot of change and a lot of like, you know, shift in direction with the DC Extended Universe. We're going to go once Justice League comes out because there's two Justice League movies. We have this one that's coming out sometime soon, later this year, if not next year. And then we have another Justice League movie, which you're going to assume is going to get more into the stuff with Darkseid and the way that they've been trying to build up to Darkseid and stuff. But a lot of the stuff that we're going to see afterwards, or at least around that time frame leading into that, is a lot of Batman films and a lot of what's called the Bat Family. Uh, films. They're actually, Kevin Smith actually j- just talked about this not too long ago on his Fat Man on Batman podcast, where DC and Warner Brothers seems like they're going to start making a Bat Family universe, which now we still haven't gotten the solo Batman film, which is, again, a damn shame because there's been so much stuff behind the scenes with it. You know, that's going to happen at some point. It just doesn't look like it's going to happen soon. It seems like, you know, uh, what is it? Cyborg, The Flash, and with the exception of Aquaman, have been put on the back burner because I know Aquaman had some test footage recently. But a lot of those other Justice League films that are supposed to come out uh, from the Justice League film itself is being put on the back burner because now we're going to get a Nightwing movie. Now we're going to get Josh Whedon, who's doing a Batgirl film, which is cool. I love Josh Whedon. I think he's great. He did Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He also gave us the first Avengers movie. He gave us two Avengers movie by the by you. Uh, and he does some great work. But still, like we have all these movies that are being announced that are coming down the line all the way into 2020, 2020, uh, 2020 and 2021, I believe it is, or 2019 all the way to 2021 and stuff. And we still have not one good hit from the DC extended universe. That's a major problem. And I feel like they, they're so trying to catch up as far as the success and the momentum that we see from the Marvel cinematic universe that I feel like, you know, they're just not focusing on just getting one good solid hit to kind of base off them, everything else from. And what I think that they're hoping is that any one of the Batman films or the Batman related films is that hit. I think that, you know, a lot of the shift in tone, from what we saw all the way back from Man of Steel to what we're going to get in the Justice League film tells you everything you need to know of where their head is at. They're all over the place. And it's a damn shame because I think the characters and the movies themselves that get made are going to suffer because of it. You should be very worried right now going to go see Wonder Woman. You know, even though you might be a diehard Wonder Woman fan, you might be a diehard Justice League fan, you are not in a good place right now emotionally with the DC Extended Universe. You are damn well sure not in the same emotional place as a lot of the Marvel fans are right now, especially with all their movies that have come so far at this point and what they got coming down the line. I'm more excited, like I said, I'm more excited about Captain Marvel in 2019 than I am about Wonder Woman. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it really shows that, um, you know, DC are just kind of winging these movies. Like, you know, it's it's like they they don't have a solid plan. It's like they're just making it up as they go along kind of thing. And, um, and I that's a dangerous really place to be really at. Shows. That's a very dangerous yeah. place to be at with, with, with some of the biggest characters in pop culture history. Again, the Justice League. It's a layup. With Batman it's be Superman. That's a layup. That should be success right from the very get-go. Or at least it should be treated in the same way that like, you know, how Disney treats the Star Wars franchise. You know, that's your bread and butter. That's that's American apple pie. That's Americana right there for a lot of these heroes. And it's just like they just cannot get their act together. They're they're trying like I've always said, and I've said it to you guys, and I think I said it on our Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh they want to get the success of Marvel and what Marvel Studios has done with the MCU so bad, but they don't want to emulate it. They want to do their own thing and get the same level of success, and it's just not going to work. Yeah. 
and I was going to say also that I, I'm wondering if um, maybe they they're trying to build up the Batman family, like you know the the, the Batman universe characters, a bit more to possibly replace Batman because we know your boy Ben Affleck wants to leave this universe. I feel like he's done. I feel like he's done at some point. Like, there's so much like nonsense happening behind the scenes. He was supposed to direct. Now he's not going to direct. He was supposed to co-produce. Now he's not co-producing stuff. There's a lot of stuff happening behind there, and I think it's because I feel like either he's taken the brunt of a lot of the negativity about these films, in which again, not his fault. You know, he's only doing what he's been given on the script and stuff. But also, it's just everybody's has their hands in the pot. Every there's too many cooks in the kitchen right now. Jeff Johns by the way, was supposed to be that dude to be on the same, like, you know, same level playing field as like a Kevin Feige is to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Jeff Johns is supposed to be that guy that they brought in for the DC Extended Universe. And that has not bore any fruit whatsoever. It's just been a one one kind of weird wet messaging thing, one kind of weird stuff happening after another. Look at the stuff that they had with the press releases not too long ago. I don't know if you guys saw this, but when the stuff came out, I think it was about the Batman and also about the Nightwing uh, was an announcement and a couple other stuff that... Uh, was it Jeff Johns wasn't included in the press release? Now, to, to the normal person, that might be like, you know, okay, what's the big deal? You know, it's Jeff Johns who, you know, he's probably busy doing other stuff. Whenever they release press releases like that, or there's big news that happen about the Wonder Woman movie, about the Batman movie, or any of these other things, you're going to have those main guys. Every time there's a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie announcement that's a press release goes out, Kevin Feige is right on there. Because he's like the overseer of everything going on with the MCU. And Jeff Johns is supposed to be that dude. And that's what happened shortly afterwards. That's very questionable indeed. There's a lot of weird stuff happening with the DCU. And everybody should be worried. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rich, what are your thoughts on the upcoming DC movies? All right. So uh, I'm going to take a different approach to what was said. But before I get there, let me just say... uh, I don't really have too much faith in the Justice League movie. Um, again, because I've already seen that they they underutilize their characters whenever it's too many characters in 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 a, in a, in a film. Uh, Suicide Squad, you know that that was a, that was that's that's an example right there. So I don't have faith in the Justice League movie. Uh, with that said, it, it's still going to do very well because it's coming out. I believe around Thanksgiving time. So around that time of the year and in, in November, I still think the movie is going to do very well because I mean, the timing is, is good for the holidays as well. So we'll see about that. Uh, Wonder Woman is coming out in, in, I believe it's coming out in the summertime. If they didn't change that date, uh, I feel like, oh, oh, oh they, they, they did change it. No, I know it's very soon. I, I think it's after guardians. Okay. So what I'll say about that is, you know, I've, I, I've talked to a lot of people. They feel like, well, that's that's the final movie for them. If they mess that movie up, then then they're they're finished for good. I, I feel like they have to they have to deliver on that. Uh, I don't really trust that they will, but I don't know. I mean, I think we'll have to give them the benefit of the doubt to see. But for what we all have already seen, we, we know that it can be a disaster. I'm hoping that it's not because I want them to. It have a movie that's actually a good movie and not just because the people are in denial saying it's good when it's not. I want them to actually have a good film. With that said, I think that the Batgirl film has a chance to be great. Um, you know, you have uh, you know, you, I mean, you, you have the involvement of Josh Whedon on this film. 
uh, and everybody knows that uh, you know of his relationship with Marvel, the fact that he did Avengers. I, I'm hopeful that he that this movie will be good because I know at one point he wanted to make a uh, a movie for Marvel that was just focused on um, what's the Scarlett Johansson's character. Uh, Black like, Widow. Oh, oh yeah, Black fun Widow. fact: Josh Whedon was also supposed to be doing a Wonder Woman script oh, years back. He was going to do Ooh. a Wonder Woman movie. Well, well, I guess they they did they didn't want to they forget that. Um, so I mean, he has a chance to to make this make this good, but this is the point that I'm going to get to. Um, I think that for the most part, we can all agree that Marvel has this stuff together. Uh, they've done a, a great job so far. I, I'm not going to say that every movie that they have done has been amazing. I mean, there's some that's they're okay, but they're still great. You know, I haven't seen a bad Marvel film in quite a while, but I will say this: we got to understand that everything that they have done is building to this Infinity War situation with Thanos. And after that concludes, then it's going to be well, what is next? What are they building to next? We don't really know what that is yet. I'm pretty sure we'll know about that as that time comes. But what I the way I look at it is, you know, that will be the period of time where DC will have an opportunity to grab people's attention because everyone is waiting for this big event with Thanos. This is like a big this is the this, this is what everybody's waiting to. This is what all these movies were leading to this moment. So after that, you know, while I do trust that Marvel does have a plan beyond that, uh, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate to figure out, well, now they'll give the DC movies a chance because they're not distracted by what Marvel is doing with their universe. So I feel like, and I do feel like Marvel is going to take a couple of risks. They may have a couple of other movies because there are at least three movies I know coming out uh, that they haven't really announced what they are yet. When they did it to start announcing all the films that are coming, there's three movies further down the, 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 the road that they haven't really revealed what those films are yet. I feel like they're going to maybe utilize that opportunity to introduce a couple other characters in a couple other films. So it may not be just what you would expect, like another Guardians Volume 3. We already know that's going to come, stuff like that. But what I'm getting at is that that will be because all the focus is not on this major event that's happening with Marvel. I think a lot of people will give DC a chance at that point. And then that, that would be when they have an opportunity to really show that they actually have this stuff well organized. But up until this point, because they are rushing to get to a Justice League movie and there's not really any character development or any of this other stuff, you have to remain skeptical about what is going to happen moving forward. Uh, the fact that you said, JJ, that Jeff Johns was not in any of that stuff, I think that that is a, that is a horrible, horrible sign. Um, because if this is the guy that is supposed to be there, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Feige or Feige. Kevin, um, Kevin Feige, yeah. Kevin Feige. If this is their version of that guy, then it, I, I don't understand why you don't have him featured in this stuff. Um, he was supposed so, to replace Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder was that dude, and everybody started getting mad at Zack Snyder with all the stuff that was happening. That's why Jeff Johns was brought in. Because remember, Jeff Johns did a lot of stuff with the comics. He did a yeah. lot of stuff with DC Rebirth. I, I think it was Rebirth for DC, the new 52. A lot of the different runs that he had with most of those characters. That's why you want a guy like that, because he understands these characters. He understands the, the, the relationships they can have between the different comics and the, between the different characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, but, but, but you know, uh, this guy is still there. So I don't really know. You know, he said Zack, Zack Snyder is still there. This is the guy who. Who, who played a role in, in why Batman v Superman was disappointing. So, and he is involved in Justice League. He's still producing 
to a lot of these other films too. So I, man, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think that they do have an ability to eventually do some good stuff, but hopefully they are taking all the feedback to heart and they were actually focusing on what's important. Now we'll find out soon whether or not Wonder Woman is a disaster and whether or not Justice League is a disaster. But I feel like if they mess up Wonder Woman and Justice League, then uh, it's going to be very, they're going to lose a lot more, a lot more people with that right there, but we'll have to see how it turns out, but I will give them the benefit of the doubt. And I will say, you know, they could have an opportunity once this Infinity War thing is concluded because no one knows what Marvel's plans are yet. Obviously, we'll find out what that is uh, when the time comes. But I feel like they, they do have an opportunity to get more attention once after that happens because then people are not going to be thinking, oh, well, Infinity War. No, they'll still be looking forward to Marvel movies. But if they're building up to another event, we won't know what that event is. So they have an opportunity right there if they have something planned. So... We'll see. You know something? Yeah. That's a that's a good point that you shouldn't mention also. But you know, you want to know why I don't think that's the case. And, and I feel that's like it. it's not going to matter after the stuff with Thanos finishes and Marvel decides to do anything afterwards. Because uh, DC has an equivalent of that that they're trying to build up to now. And they're already messing up with it. Uh, with the Justice League movie, okay, which again, there's supposed to be two Justice League movies. But a lot of the stuff is building up to Darkseid. Darkseid is supposed to be the big baddie of the DC universe, right? Or at least the DCU in the film universe. Uh, and with the first big movie where all these heroes are coming together, they're they're fighting Steppenwolf. And it, you can look at it in the same way, the same way, because Steppenwolf is like a, is an accolade of Darkseid. You know, he's he's like his number two guy. Okay, his uncle, that's his general of Darkseid's army. The, the, you can look at it in the same way as like how when Loki was fighting the Avengers. I can understand that. There's a lot of parallels there. But like... Again, we go back to the track record. We go back to the track record and some of the way that the movies have been handled in the past. There is not one Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that's coming out very soon between uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor Ragnarok, and uh, any of the Netflix stuff, or even Black Panther. You know, any of the other characters that are unproven, quote unquote, that have never really had the limelight in the public eye and stuff that I am not excited about. And a lot of it has to do with the way that those past Marvel movies have been handled, even the bad ones, which aren't even really bad when you really compare them to the DC universe movies, but also the simple fact is that they have a lot of creative talent. that's behind them. A lot of interesting creative talent. Josh Whedon is an awesome score for DC. Okay. For Warner brothers to have making a character like Batgirl being given a movie. I still think it's very questionable that you're going to go to stuff like that. When your big heavy hitters haven't even really been given enough time to shine, especially Batman. Batman should already be having his movie already done at this point because Batman makes money. Batman is the main brand for Warner Brothers that has been like that for many, many years in movie cinema like that because of all the other previous Batman movies that have come out beforehand. You can say the same thing about Superman and definitely you should be doing something or at least priming up Wonder Woman to be in the same way. But again, still, it's just this track record that just it, it seems like it's falling apart at every turn. You know, or at least there's something new. There's some other thing that pops up that just takes away the confidence of everything in the DCU. And that's just the movies. We didn't even address the TV stuff, which I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about in a bit, but still. Yeah, like I, I see what you're saying, Rich, um, about, you know, after after Thanos, there's, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty about what direction Marvel's going to go then. And that would be a great time for DC to capitalize and take over. But uh, like I feel like the, the universe is already broken. You know, they've already broken it. Like I, I don't see how they can fix things at this point. Like they've already messed it up. Um, I think the best thing they can do is have 
dark side just completely destroy the world the universe and everything and then just you know restart refresh with a new universe like i think that's really what they should do at this point because they've completely broken it already like and there are only three movies in so i agree i agree i agree that the mulligan and the refresh the reload might actually be good i don't know if necessarily you have dark side destroy everything i think like you wrap it up nicely and like you send that off for the people that stuck with you for all those years but then you reboot everything like you go back and you redo superman or you redo batman and superman because i even said from the very beginning when that batman v superman was still uh being uh promoted and it hadn't been out yet if they had just copied a lot of what they did with the batman the animated series and superman the animated series crossover and pulled a lot of inspiration from that that movie would have been so successful and i think that at some point you know, people are going to get sick and tired of seeing the dud after dud after dud with the DC Extended Universe, and they're not going to want to watch it anymore. They're going to either go back to to Marvel, or they're going to stop watching those types of movies altogether. So, I think I'm I'm with you as far as like having a total reboot at some point, which could be the Bat Family stuff, could be the stuff with Nightwing, could be the stuff with Batgirl. There is opportunity there, but right now, it's me. It's just again, there's not a lot of confidence I have instilled in me for these films. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see some some of the thoughts from the commenters and the people in the chat on that. But we're going to get to um, the TV universe now. And, you know, I'm not, you know, um, as versed in, you know, the, the, the TV shows as JJ is over here. Um, I've watched some of The Flash, um, I think the first season. And, you know, that's a really good show. I like that. I need to continue with it, actually, because I know there's uh, I need to catch up on that a little bit. Um, I tried to watch the Arrow, but just never really got into it. But um, there's a lot of other DC Universe shows. There's, you know, the, the Superwoman one. There's that god awful uh, Gotham show that they tried to do, and you know, a few other shows that they they have. I really dislike so. Gotham. I really hate Gotham. Yeah. I'll get into it in a minute, but but still. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm gonna let you have the floor and um, talk us through the, the the DC Universe, the TV Universe, and um, you know, now it's funny. Because the DC TV verse, like the stuff with Greg Berlanti, you know, over at the CW, they're doing some fun stuff. They're doing some great stuff. The Flash is the best superhero show on TV right now on the CW, hands down, easily. And it's for a number of different reasons. The biggest one being is because that's the show that they have the most fun with and they respect the source material enough. Like they have a lot of the other Flash characters from the comics show up. I mean, you have uh, Jay Garrett, the Flash. You have Kid Flash showing up in there. You have a whole bunch of Jesse Quick. There's a lot of different Flash legacy characters that they implement into the show, into the continuity. That's just fun. They play around with time travel. And you guys know how I'm not a fan of time travel stories and stuff. But the way that they utilize it and they relate it to the Speed Force and all these different things, it's a fun show to watch. And then they help kind of like use that as like a springboard towards some of the other shows that you're seeing on the CW. Remember, Supergirl was originally on the CBS until they finally brought it over to the CW because it was being done by the same people, funny enough. So I'm glad at least they were able to implement that and stuff. But here's my biggest problem with the DC kind of like TV-verse, which is still part of the DCU, which, again, big, big problems all around. My main thing is that sometimes they still get caught up on this on this notion of having the main dc characters like superman batman wonder woman and all those people separated and kind of like ostracized from the tv universe now they've been getting a little bit better with it where now you're starting to see superman show up on supergirl which was a big deal and i think like the superman uh the actor that they got for superman for supergirl 
phenomenal. I think he works well. It's such a different take than what they were doing with the movie universe that I think everybody needed because that's the essence, or at least a good direction towards the essence of what that character is. And it worked out good because it didn't overshadow Supergirl in her own TV show. It's still a Supergirl show, but it's like they respect that the idea of like, okay, this is a character that's still part of that lore, that's still part of that world for that person, for that character, for that uh, actual universe that they build up. Now, let's be real. They get confusing with all the different amounts of Earths that are all over the place. This is why uh, Kevin Smith at one point on his podcast and, and on a special that he had for the Justice League where he talked about that there's a DC multiverse at play because you have all these interpretations of all these characters. It, it would kind of suck just to kind of drop them like a bad habit and then go with the more typical excuse to say that there's a, a, a multiverse at play because that's what happens in the comics. There's all these hundred different versions of Batman, Superman, uh, Wonder Woman all over the place and they have their own stories for, that are for better or worse. But you don't drop them like a bad habit but they could still go back to them in one form or fashion. And I feel like you could still do that with the DCU, both between the movie universe and also the team, the, the film universe. But here's another problem that we have. Okay. Kind of offshooting from that. A lot of the characters that they have in that are showing up in places like arrow and all these other uh, shows is like, they're, they're kind of like stand-ins for characters that they can't use or stand-ins for characters that quote unquote, will never see. Uh, be granted now again, like I just said, we got Superman on Supergirl, which is great. But like, when's Batman gonna come to TV? Okay, and and don't tell me that Gotham is that Batman show because let's be real, Gotham is a garbage show. It it is a Batman show that wants to be a Batman show but can't be a Batman show because you have the entire Batman's Rogues Gallery that are there, and Bruce Wayne is still a little kid. So how old are these freaking people? You mean to tell me that Poison Ivy is like pushing 60, 70 by the time that Bruce grows up? to become Batman. It's like, you know, she can't be that old or at least in the way that she is as already a grown woman at the time, at least where this story takes place. And let's be real. Commissioner Gordon is not that nice. They try to make him more nice than what he actually is on Gotham. Okay. He's not that nice in the comics. He's a good dude. He's, he's that top office officer. That's the commissioner of the Gotham city police department. And that's all cool and dandy, but he has no way near on the same level as like what Batman is as far as not only being a detective, but also being a badass action hero. Okay, let's just be real comic fans. Now, in addition to that, because I think I really do not like Gotham. I really, I tried to watch Gotham. I watched the first uh, season. I watched it, oh, enough of the second. And I think they also have a third season at one point. But like, I couldn't do it. It's just like, why not just implement Batman into there already? Why not have Bruce grow up if you already got all these characters, including characters that are already being called by their original names? Now, you got Edward Nimmer. You got the Joker. You got Oswald Cobblepot in there. You got Poison Ivy. You got Catwoman in there, for God's sakes. Have them just have a time skip and get a Batman show on TV. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult. People would see and watch a Batman show. If you could have Superman show up on Supergirl and him be Superman already, you could have Batman show up on one of these shows and actually start doing Batman stuff. Why is it that all of a sudden we have to get a bunch of these B-list uh, characters or B-list heroes from the DC Universe to sta be standards for the Justice League? Like, I don't understand that. Like, we have Hawkman, or at least we had Hawkman and Hawkgirl at some point show up on Legends of Tomorrow. We have, uh, what was it? Um, i trying to think who was it. There's, there's a bunch of other, like, DC characters. Oh, the Martian Manhunter that shows up on Supergirl. We already got another Justice League member that's on there. It's like, what, what is the problem? What is holding up these people or the, the, the was it these studios from actually just going full-fledged and actually implementing all these different characters, especially if there's a DC multiverse in play? 
I mean, it, it seems like we're going back to the same red tape that we saw when Christopher Nolan was still doing his Batman movies, that the studio just played to whatever Christopher Nolan wanted to do. This is why we never got Batman on Smallville. This is why we never got Wonder Woman on Smallville. And that's the holy trinity of DC Comics, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Those are the three characters that make the tentpole, uh, was it, foundation of heroes for the entire DC universe. And it's like, you know, it's like the kryptonite for a lot of the different interpretations of the DC universe, all these DC heroes. I, I can't understand that. And, and it's just funny because Arrow, when you watch Arrow, right? Because I know, Gary, you said you, you never watched Arrow before. And I, and I know, Rich, you said the same thing. Uh, Arrow plays out like what Bruce Wayne would play out like. Because the Arrow that we get in the Arrow TV show, the Green Arrow character, isn't like how he is in the comics for the most part. He's more like what Bruce Wayne and Batman would be if, if Arrow was actually a Batman show. And, and it's sad because it's not like there's anything wrong with Arrow. I think that a lot of the cast and a lot of the different stories that they tell with that and some of the different characters they implement, like Deadshot, like Amanda Waller, like the Suicide Squad, which, funny enough, they were going to do the Suicide Squad on Arrow until the Suicide Squad movie was getting made. And then they just dropped it like a bad habit. I think it was even that the actress or the voice actress that was playing Harley Quinn in the Batman the Animated TV show uh, was actually going to voice Harley Quinn. In one of the episodes of Arrow, like you could go back and watch it. It's it's funny, and then they just dropped it like a bad habit. It's like, what is the problem? Why the red tape, and why not just go all in with these characters? Because you would have so much more better TV shows, and you would have so many more so many more people watching them if you would just stop like the dilly dallying around. It's it's a shame because they, it could be so much more better. And it seems like you know there could be so much more awesome stories and so much more hype behind most of these shows, and the same level that what you get with the Flash with all these other TV shows. Legends of Tomorrow is like one of the most useless TV shows right now on the CW lineup of, of uh, superhero shows. Like, not many people really care about Legends of Tomorrow. They only really care about it when there's the big crossovers between the Fortnite crossover events they have, between The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. When all four of those shows start crossing over and stuff, then everybody cares about it. But when you actually go back and look at all the different shows that people are watching, or at least ask people what's the most hyped superhero shows now on the CW, you're hardly ever going to hear people talk about Legends of Tomorrow, specifically for stuff like that. Like, we have a bunch of characters that interact with the Justice League on there, and, like, we don't still have no Justice League, or at least in that TV universe. I'm just saying there's a lot of poor, weird, funky decisions that are being made for a lot of these shows. I still think that Flash is the best TV show out now on the CW with Supergirl being number two. And I wish that they would make some much more better decisions to make them even better than what they are now. That's my State of the Union address on the DC Extended Universe for the TV shows. I'm just saying. Oh, that's interesting. Like it, that got me thinking. Like I, I feel like after uh, Ben Affleck is done with Batman, I think they need to just like take him out of the movie universe and just give us a, a Daredevil style Batman TV show. Like that would be badass, man. Why not just give us both? That's my point. It's like why not just give us both? Why does it have to be one or the other? Why does it have to be this and that? We clearly now have two Supermans. We have two characters, two actors that are playing Superman, both in the film universe and in the TV universe. Why can't that be the same with Wonder Woman? Why can't that be the same with Batman? Because clearly you got Gotham. It's there. I mean, it's a layup. I'm telling you. It's like, I think it's like types of things they got to be asking. I think it's because like, um, bat, they, I think they see Batman as their undertaker. Like they want to protect that character, like as much as possible if that's the case then that tells you everything of what you need to know of how they think of superman in the films and the movies and that's a damn shame because superman is again americana he's supposed to be the greatest hero of the dc universe straight up 
Uh, well, Superman's like he's more like the John Cena. He can be everywhere. Like, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Rich. Um, w- which one of these TV shows have you seen, if any? Uh, I've I, I have been looking at Gotham. Um, I'm I'm another person that they lost with the very first season uh, because it's like there is a desire to to really why you know you know well for me I'm just wondering well why isn't Batman in this show you know you have Bruce Wayne as a kid but it's just like why didn't they just put Batman in this show why don't I not, not just skip ahead and make this a Batman show um, but no. I understand what they tried to do with the show, um, and I'm not really into it really like that. Not, I mean, I haven't really caught up with it. I didn't, didn't really bother to catch up with it. Now, eventually, I may go back to watch it because I have heard that the show has still gotten a little bit better. But I mean, I don't know. Um, Flash is a good show. Uh, I, I have to agree that that is probably one of the better shows they have out right now. Without a doubt, and I was really hooked on that since the first season onward. So I'm enjoying that show. Um, Arrow, that's another show that I, you know, <laughs> passed on. I've heard a lot of people compare this show to what we got with Iron Fist, and I, I don't know. Maybe Iron Fist is still worse in in my mind, anyway. But uh, I, 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 it's not a show where I really bothered to keep up with it. I just just wasn't really interested in it like that. Um, and the Supergirl show, this is another show where I just haven't had an opportunity to see it because I haven't had cable for the longest time. I just recently signed up for cable again, so I have to check it out and see how it, how it is. But I just think, um, some of the shows need improvement. Gotham, especially, you know, I'm a Batman fan. So obviously when I heard this show was going to, was, was coming out in the very, in the very beginning, I was excited to see, okay, well, let's see what Fox's take is going to be on this. And while I do appreciate the ability to try something different, um, I just feel like it's a lot of stuff is misplaced. Uh, Bruce Wayne, the little kid actor, listen, the kid actor is great, but uh, why can't we just get Batman in the show? I don't really understand what it's all about. But uh, listen, I understand what they were trying to do. It's fine, but it's just some of this stuff should just be so much better. They have so much source material that they can pull from from all of the comics that have been done. You really have to ask yourself, why aren't the shows better? And I don't think that, I mean, I would like to hope that maybe that's going to change over time. But for right up to this point, based on what I have seen so far, I, I, I am, I'm not really too impressed. Again, Flash is the best show. But uh, these other shows like Batman should be, should be a lot better. Gotham should be a much better show than what it is. But just by opinion. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think they, they can't really put Batman in that Gotham show because, like, by the time he becomes Batman, like, all the villains are going to be in a retirement home. Like, <laughs> that's my point. That's yeah. my <laughs> point. Like, why do you, why do, if, if it's a prequel to Batman, because that's what Gotham, in essence, is supposed to be, okay? Which it should not be. If it's supposed to be a prequel, why do you have his entire rogues gallery in there? Or at least almost two to three th- quarters of his entire rogues gallery in there. I think they're only missing a couple. Like, they have the Joker, they have the Penguin, they have freaking uh, the Riddler, they have Poison Ivy. They, I, I'm pretty sure they have a couple others that I'm missing. You know, Catwoman. You know, it, they're all there. 
it's like, why isn't this becoming a Batman show then? Like, I think it'd be so much more interesting if it's like between seasons, they had a time skip and all of a sudden he's already Batman. And like, he's Commissioner Gordon is discovering and like interacting with Batman in that first year. And then it became a Batman year one show. That'd be so much more interesting. And it'd become a Batman detective show on TV that people would be down with. Why they're not thinking about this, why they're not acting on this is crazy to me. It's a layup. It's so easy. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many things they can do. But I mean, I guess you could say that, you know, um, that the TV universe with DC has much more potential at the moment than the movies do. Because, you know, they, they can still do good stuff with it overall. And it's the teams behind it, straight up. Because that entire team that's working on The Flash right now, they understand that character. They understand, they're having fun with it. The Flash right now, within all the seasons that, that have been uh, aired on TV, has gone through so much progression and has touched on so many interesting stories and have garnered a lot of inspiration from some of the big events in the comics, including Flashpoint, including uh, some of the stuff with the, with the, what is it, the Reverse Flash. All these different characters and a lot of other characters that are from the DC universe that have kind of like, you know, popped up here and there very good stuff and you have to really commend them because they're handling it tastefully while also trying to do their own thing and i think that they're doing great and then they got some great actors cast in the roles the guy who plays the flash is awesome straight up yeah let me let me ask the question uh, i think i already know the answer to this question why can't they figure out a way to get this guy to actually be in the films themselves i know that this is tv and film is a different story, but why can't, uh, cause I feel like, uh, with Marvel, they're gonna try and get the people that are in that Netflix series to be in the actual Avengers movie. So I just have no, to ask this one. Not this one that's coming up. They already confirmed that that's not gonna happen. But I, but I think okay. at some point you're right. It will at some point down the line after Avengers Infinity War. There was a rumor actually that you, you're gonna get a glimpse of, uh, Kingpin in, um, Superman. But I, yeah, I don't know if that's gonna be. What do you true mean, Kingpin? Is, what do you mean, Kingpin and Superman? What you, you, you know, uh, the Kingpin from the from Daredevil. He like mm-hmm. you're gonna get a glimpse of him in the super. Spider-Man. Oh, like the actor, the Spider-Man. Oh, and Spider-Man. Oh, oh, Spider-Man. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's that's my point. It's like you're not gonna get that in the Avengers films, <laughs> but like you'll get it at some point because Marvel's not stupid. Like they know that's what people want. That's what people were expecting. But like with DC though, to go back to your point, Rich, is yeah. like the problem is is that it's different teams, and everybody said that because you have your Flash with the actor that's playing it in the Flash TV show. That's that's the Flash to a lot of people, and he does a great job with it. The problem is though is that they still treat the film and the TV universes as two separate universes. That's that's the problem. It's not one whole universe like what they do with Marvel where everything is connected in some form or fashion. Even if they never interact, it's still looked at as one Marvel cinematic universe between the films, between TV, between the Netflix shows. That's how they look at that. And that's Kevin Feige at work. That's him making sure that everything is connected somehow. They don't have that at, in Warner Brothers and they don't have that with DC, which is a shame because it is so easy to just emulate what Marvel's doing and then utilize it to the best of your ability with your own characters. That everybody would be on board with that. But it, to get around that, like I mentioned earlier with Kevin Smith, the multiverse, you could you could easily answer that having all these characters and stuff and then open up everybody's uh, imagination to a DC multiverse at work. You know, that'd be awesome. But like they, they'd still kind of dance around the idea behind it. Could be some legal mumbo jumbo or legal hoops they got to jump through. But it's like, OK, come on now. Like it, it just gets a little silly at this point. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we're gonna begin to uh, wrap up now, but um, I do wanna actually shed some light on some some good things that DC have going on, um, such as Injustice Two, which is coming out pretty soon. Like, so uh, I mean, do, you guys played the the first game, right, for Injustice? Of course, yes. Cool. And um, have yep. JJ read the comics at all? I've read I've read the comics here and there. I haven't read all of the comics. I know that they're very good, and and some of the stuff that I've read has been pretty decent. But I know people that have read like the entire run between. I think they're on year three right now. I think it is right with the comics. If I'm not mistaken, like they're they're really deep into it, and a lot of there's a lot of positive stuff being said about those comics. Cool. So can you uh, can either of you give like a brief overview of what the Injustice storyline is about? just a summary of what it's about superman takes over the world that that's basically the main gist of it where lois lane dies but much like in the first game or at least in the first year the first arc of the injustice comics so uh lois lane is killed by the joker because the joker tricks superman into killing lois lane and that's where everything starts to go downhill that's basically the overview of it cool sounds good so you both excited for injustice too you both buying it day one uh, well, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not really sure how to answer that question. You know, I would expect that, uh, pretty sure that JJ will be able to review the game. Um, but yeah, I definitely plan on picking it up day one. Uh, I did get a chance to play it while I was in, well, while I was at GDC back in, in March. Um, and the game is great. I mean, it's pretty much just like the first game, you know, story is still the conflict between, you know, Batman, Superman, and the people on their sides, but now you also have uh, Brainiac that makes an appearance, and that really shakes up the dynamic. So I'm definitely looking forward to the game, based on what I've seen so far. Um, I know they have the uh, they have a couple of other things in there to try to extend the longevity of the game, where you'll be able to uh, customize some of the outfits, the attire. Um, so I appreciate the effort, but... Uh, I just want to get my hands on the story, see what that has to offer, and then I'll try the multiplayer afterward. But the game is great so far, uh, based on what I played. That so. roster is awesome, straight up. Like the roster Wait. and the characters they've been revealing: Swamp Thing, Doctor Fate, uh, Poison Ivy, Cheetah, uh, Captain Cold. All these characters that they're showing, Gorilla Grodd, that's an awesome lineup of characters. And and in my opinion, so far, I mean, they haven't revealed everybody, but like a lot of the characters they revealed so far makes it a better lineup than the first Injustice. And the first Injustice lineup mm-hmm. was pretty cool. So, But there's a lot of interesting characters in here. A hey, lot, a lot of interesting characters. And, and let me just throw on more to what you just said about the characters, because you also said this as well. A lot of these characters, you know, a lot of people may not know the characters. You know, they know them from comics, but they've never really seen them on, in a much uh, on a much larger stage. Uh, so it's great to have them in this game. You know, I know DC said that they wanted to have one of the biggest rosters they've ever had in a fighting game. And so I think that what they're doing with including all these characters is awesome because it's introducing a lot of other audiences to people they may not know. Um, just so they can get more familiar with what they have to offer. So, yeah, I agree 100%. Roster is fantastic. I'm very curious to see how the stories will play out for each character, uh, in addition to the actual campaign. But, uh, yeah, I think I think it's great. And we already know that uh, NetherRealm, they tell great stories with these in these fighting games. You know, Mortal Kombat was fantastic. 
So I know this is going to be great as well. And yo, Ed Boone needs to stop playing around and get the Wonder Twins in there. I saw that April <laughs> that he did. I saw that Nether Realm. Where I'm gonna send this to you on Twitter. Yo, put the Wonder Twins in there. You already got an awesome <laughs> roster. This will take an awesome roster and make it fantastic. I'm just saying, like characters like that, the obscure, different type of characters from the DC universe. You know, again, just pulling from random different stuff. I think it's awesome, and it's really cool to see that Nether Realms is actually doing that and making the characters look very cool. Swamp Thing looks awesome in this game looks really 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 cool and again same thing with dr fate dr fate reminds me of dr strange from marvel vs. capcom but just the way that he plays in there from the gameplay that i've seen looks awesome and i can't wait to see what other directions they go but any other picks that they could pull from the dc universe even if it's b-level characters because let's be real like uh was it swamp thing and, and dr fate and stuff nowhere near on the same level of popularity as some of the other characters like Superman, Batman, and the list goes on. But like, oh, yeah. if they could take like some other B-list characters from the DC universe and make them look cool like they've been doing with some of these guys and characters, that'd be awesome. If guys and gals, that'd be amazing. I agree. 100%. <laughs> yeah, they want purchase. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to playing that game as well. Um... Yeah, and another thing I wanted to quickly shed light on, you know, before uh, we get out here is, you know, um, the the DC Rebirth comics. Now, those have been doing pretty well and people seem to love those. Um, I've read the the very first, um, you know, Rebirth comic with, you know, the Flash and everyone that explains what's happening and stuff. But I haven't had the chance to read any of the other Rebirth stories related to the respective characters yet but i will be doing so um at some point in the future but jj have you had a chance to check out any of the rebirth comics i've checked out a little bit i haven't really read like you know a bunch of issues or anything i know that it's another reboot for the dc universe uh where a lot of the stuff going on with the new 52 a lot of people weren't really gravitating towards and it muddied up a lot of stuff that was happening people just weren't resonating with it uh funny enough they were still doing better than marvel for like the longest time uh, as far as like the number of books that they were selling in the top 10s and the top 20s and such but uh this one kind of merges a lot of the better aspects between the new 52 and a lot of the classic elements for classic dc heroes you know like classic superman classic batman stuff classic wonder woman the list goes on and it's very cool to see that uh they're also implementing the watchman into there like some stuff going on with dr manhattan and a couple of the other stuff with the watchman i think that's very very cool i can't wait to see how that plays out and hopefully we get some good stories out of it yeah indeed indeed um yeah uh so rich i mean you you don't you haven't read any of the rebuff stuff right you're not familiar with it uh i haven't no not 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 uh not recently um i may check it out at some point you know if you guys say it's actually good then yeah i'll definitely check it out okay yeah i was gonna say like because it's you know it's interesting how um you know marvel has a lot of success with their movies but their comics are kind of slipping a little bit but you know dc's like a lot. The, the, <laughs> They're the complete opposite. Like their movies are trash, but like they're they're doing good things with their comics right now, you know. And that's is that's interesting to see. And they even have Marvel rethinking their strategy with their comics because now they want to make a lot of changes. Because you know they've been trying to force the whole diversity thing in their comics, 
but now you know a lot of the political commentary and stuff and by the way marvel recently announced marvel legends or marvel legacy which is going to be almost an exact type of thing with dc rebirth where they're going to get a lot of the characters that were newer or a lot of the newer all new different marvel uh characters mixing in with some of the classic marvel legends characters like the old like new steve Ro- new uh was a captain america with old captain america steve rogers like sam wilson and steve rogers working together and stuff you know in different interpretations but uh i think with in that case a lot of it has to do with the film side of stuff a lot of it has to do with the film politics of everything the rights exchanges and all the different types of business things that happen outside of making the films themselves which really causes the problems the stuff with the comics especially with marvel is that they try they try to capitalize a lot of uh, the different trends that are going on right now uh not just marvel but dc vertigo dark horse all of them really do that because Mar- the comics industry is, is in a state of flux right now they're, they're they're going through a lot of tough times you know they're not as big as a medium as like tv movies and other stuff video you know the internet you know, everything else but uh what marvel's problem was is that they try to bank too much on political commentary and a lot of stuff that what was hot right now because we just had the election here in the states and that was really what was working for a time but they didn't really show the same level of success and profit and kind of like you know being fruitful as much as they were hoping for so that's why you're starting to see a lot of changes right now in the same way that we saw with dc yeah exactly and like one of the things i've got um salute DC for with their comics and stuff and their approach is you know like they they never have to force diversity because it's just there naturally like they they introduce it naturally throughout like within their storytelling you know it just flows naturally like there's never a, a sense of them having to force you know um like making superman a, a black woman or something like that like they don't need to do stuff like that you know because it's just integrated naturally so they, they've always been good at that i feel you know something gary it, i don't think it's so much where diversity was the problem because diversity in anything is never a problem what i think what the problem with this was and specifically with marvel is that rather than getting people to tell good stories they were giving people a platform they were just giving people a stand, a soapbox in order to, to kind of like put whatever beliefs or whatever views that they had into the stories. Like we saw that when I think it was the Hella Mistress of Mistress of Hell or, or Mistress of Darkness uh, comic that came out a while back. That, that whole big thing with the controversy involving Thor's grandfather and stuff where Thor's grandfather is giving commentary on Israel, which, again, really out of place, really all over the place and stuff. But the, the other thing also, too, is that, you know, with, with DC where they they were just hoping trying to tell good stories and and that's what they were hoping with the new 52 and it just didn't work out that way but they adapted and adjusted when they saw that and that's why a lot of the dc books were on the top charts and a lot of the marvel books were not uh and again you can see that with a lot of the stuff in the way that some of the characters were created by marvel comics i think they have a character called america that, like literally that's the name of the character it's just called america but like some of the different aspects and attributes and characteristics about it were just like stuff where it wasn't really trying to create a character that people got to identify with it was trying to create a character to get behind an idea that was obnoxious and that that's what really sucks about those stories and that's what caused a lot of rifts between readers and people that were buying comics for a long time and the people and and the comic company and the people that were buying comics just for the moment yeah yeah but i mean like because marvel did stuff like they turned Iron Man into a black woman. They they turned Thor into a woman. Like yeah, people, they were, they were people implemented, wanna... stuff. 
they're implementing random stuff without paying respect to the legacy characters. That's what I was trying to say before. Exactly. Like people are fans of these characters that you've built up for all these years. Like we we don't want to see you just like switch them up just like that, like at the drop of a hat. Like you know, you you need to be more creative with you know how you approach these things. So yeah, I mean, agreed. Uh, that's that's all I got to say about that. But that is going to wrap up our discussion of you know the dc extended universe you know and everything definitely leave your comments let us know you know whether we were right or we were wrong let us know what you think of the dc extended universe and let us know some other things you'd like to hear us discuss in the future because you know we're going to have a lot of like special discussions like this moving forward so yeah uh, definitely let us know but um you guys got any shout outs before we leave jj just shout out to everybody in the chat that was listening to this. Shout out to everybody that's going to check this out afterwards. So thank you. We appreciate it. We hope that you guys like discussions like this. Again, we did one for the MCU. We felt it was only right to do one for the DCEU. Uh, at some point, we'll probably do topics like this on other stuff as they come along at some point. Uh, but again, leave feedback. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up in the comment sections. You know, Leave a like for us if you can. Subscribe to the channel if you could as well. And also, shout out to the Patreon supporters. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for showing some love and some support to us You know, and all the different stuff that we do. Again, we got some more content down the line. We got some other exciting stuff happening within the next month or two. Uh, we also got E3 down the line, which is also coming up in about eight weeks, if you can believe it or not. But uh, definitely, again, thank you so much. We appreciate all the love, all the support, all the attention. And uh, we hope you guys enjoy. Cool. Richard Bailey. Yes, I would also like to give a special shout out to everybody that checked out to the tonight show. Uh, Patreon supporters, thank you very much for your support as well. Um, and yeah, we will have we have plenty more coming, plenty more discussions coming, plenty more content coming. So definitely stay tuned to the website and the social media because we've got quite a bit of things uh, in the works. But yes, thank you all for checking out the show. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, so shouts to um, everyone who joined us in the chat today. So uh, Wesley was there and um, Tagmok99. Shouts to you guys. Thanks for discussing DCEU with us. And shouts to, you know, all of our Patreon supporters as well, because you guys make things like this possible. So thanks for all your support. Definitely check out our Patreon page and check out the website as well, at, uh, thecoalition.com. And uh, yeah, that's it for now. Look out for the co op podcast this Sunday, and we'll see you then. Peace.